Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journeys podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experiences shaped who and where they are today. My name is Dan Arndt. And I am Chinyere Anyurimba. And today we will be chatting with Valerie Buckley, a PGY-1 resident at Memorial Hermann Memorial City Medical Center in Houston, Texas, and Divya Kandekar, a PGY-1 resident at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. We're going to be talking to them about the process of applying for a PGY-2, and we're going to learn not only about what their experience were, but what they learned from those experiences. We hope that this will be helpful to current as well as future PGY-1s who may find themselves in these shoes in the coming years. So thank you very much for joining us today. So for Divya and Valerie, I would love it if you would just tell me a little bit about yourself to get started, who you are, your current position, and then your future career goals after residency. Sounds good, Dan. I think uh, I can get started. So hi, everyone. Again, my name is Divya Kandekar. Just a little bit about myself. I was originally born, so I was born in India. I was raised in India, moved here to the U.S. in 2012 and have been in Chicago since then. I went to school at Midwestern University in Chicago and currently based in Rochester, doing my PGY-1 general pharmacy residency. I'm also going to be staying over at the Mayo Clinic for a PGY-2 in oncology. And as far as my current practice interests go, it's currently hematology, oncology, infectious disease, and clinical research. Hi, everyone. My name is Valerie Buckley. I wanted to thank you guys so much for having me on the podcast. And just a little bit about myself. I'm actually originally from Las Vegas, Nevada. So I was born and raised there. I earned my undergraduate degree from UNLV in biology, and I stayed in Nevada for pharmacy school. I went to Roseman University. I was a pharmacy technician in a hospital for a few years, so I kind of knew I wanted to do more of like a clinical hospital route. So that's why I applied for residency. I'm really interested in infectious diseases, ultimately really see myself in a teaching position. I enjoy academia, precepting, and mentorship. So really ultimately see myself as a professor at some point in my professional career. Awesome. Thank you guys for introducing yourselves. And we're so glad to know you and have you on this podcast. And now we want to know, how did you discover your passion within a specific area of pharmacy practice? Valerie, you want to talk to us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. For me, I was lucky enough as an API student to have my very first rotation in antimicrobial stewardship. And I really enjoyed that experience. A lot of it, I think, being because of the preceptor I had and the location I was at. And so I kind of took that passion and really recognized that and took that with me throughout the rest of my APIs and PGY1 as well. So I kind of just focused on that passion and really just trusted my instinct and knew that that was what I wanted to do. So I just continued to explore that side of pharmacy and do research into infectious diseases very early on. So I knew um, kind of the different routes that I was able to take for my future career. Yeah, for me, I guess it was a little different when I started out. So I was one of the more non-traditional students in pharmacy school. So I had a career before pharmacy school. I was a clinical informaticist at Washington University School of Medicine. 
And I had an opportunity to work with some oncology-based projects that were funded by the NCI back then. So kind of my interest in oncology was, I was interested in oncology since back then, and I have been playing with the idea of specializing in oncology since then. While in pharmacy school, I had an opportunity to attend a HOPA conference as a P4 student and got a chance to interact with the oncology community there. And I really enjoyed, you know, talking to people and getting to know all the meaningful work they were doing. So that was another factor. I did have a multitude of great experiences as a student. So I had a great clinical research rotation, critical care and also oncology. So coming into PGY1, I had a couple of different interests. And the way I handled that was kind of talking to the leadership and my preceptors early on and telling them about my interests and making sure I get all of those different rotations before I decided to, you know, stay on in oncology. So that was really helpful. And also, you know, communicating and talking to other preceptors in different roles helped me narrow down that interest as well. That's awesome. I think you guys have such a like a varied response to how you were able to find your passions, right? And I think that that's an area that pharmacy students and, you know, residents, they have to monopolize. You have to figure out what your passion is, but also realize that your passion can be filled with multiple things. There's multiple interests in so many variety of career paths that you can take within pharmacy. So being able to recognize that, whether at an earlier stage or a later stage in your career and in your learning. I think that that is an opportunity that presents itself that sometimes you just got to take it by the horns. Thank you guys for answering that. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for that, for those answers. I mean, I can certainly relate with what was being said, especially with liking a lot of different areas as someone who personally didn't really ever figure out which specific area I wanted to practice in and, and chose internal medicine. So I could do a little bit of everything. I completely understand that perspective of things and how you want to really explore those different areas. With that and with discovering kind of what area you wanted to look into and which area you wanted to specialize in, why did you decide to pursue a PGY2 residency and how does that PGY2 year kind of fit into your overall career plan? Absolutely. I think that's a great question, Dan. I think for me personally, because oncology is such a specialized field, I think doing a PGY2 for me was kind of warranted. And I know there's people who maybe don't do a PGY2, but still end up in oncology-based roles. But for me to get that broad experience within oncology um, in different areas like hematology, inpatient versus outpatient, I think that is one thing that was uh, very important and I think will help me set myself up for uh, success. One thing as a future career goal, I hope to you know, practice in an inpatient setting in a, in a center that specializes in oncology. So having that broad experience at hand will be very helpful from a clinical knowledge standpoint. In addition, because of my past in clinical research and my ongoing interest, I definitely hope to conduct some research myself. And I think being part of a PGY2, those are some of the other skills that you develop as you go through residency on how to manage your data, how to uh, interpret uh, certain trials, and how to even even network with other researchers in that area. And all of that, I think, is very important to set you up for success. 
One other thing I'm interested in is maybe a preceptor role going forward and going through the process as a PGY1 and PGY2, I feel like I'll be able to understand, you know, how the field works like and how to even understand and teach oncology in a way that is easy for residents and students to understand. So I think this is how it maybe like fits into my whole uh, long-term plan. Yeah, I feel like I relate to Divya a lot on answering this question. Like, why did I decide to pursue a PGY2? Like Divya, I knew I wanted to specialize. So it seems like PGY2 would definitely be, an ID would definitely be the best option to directly get what I want. But very early on, I, I know there's also other routes to that same career path. So I was kind of deciding if I wanted to go through this process as a PGY1 and have that added stress and, you know, mental and emotional stress while I was in. But ultimately, I decided to pursue a PGY2 after talking to a lot of different preceptors and mentors and kind of understanding what their process was to get to the careers that they have and kind of comparing if that's what I ultimately saw myself doing. So for me, that's why a PGY2 fit into my overall career plan. I feel like it's the most direct path into specializing in infectious diseases and antimicrobial stewardship and ultimately into academia as well. A lot of different schools of pharmacy do require that you have a PGY2 in your specialty before you can teach. And so that was part of the reasoning that I did end up choosing a PGY2 as well. Thank you for answering that, Valerie. I think that a lot of us on this podcast, we have these lofty goals for ourselves. And many of us did specialize in the PGY2. Myself, I'm finishing up a PGY2 in health system, pharmacy, admin, and leadership. And honestly, when I first started residency, it wasn't my goal to do a PGY2. At first, I was doing a community-based residency and decided that I still wanted to specialize in leadership. Being that we have these lofty goals and these career plans that we have planned out for ourselves, I think that we encounter a lot of challenges. And so I want to hear from you guys, what are the biggest challenges of applying for PGY2s? And what did that look like while managing that your daily life as a PGY1 resident? Yeah, so I can go ahead and take this one first. For me, one of the biggest challenges was actually, like I kind of mentioned, deciding to go through another year of residency and just like that actual mental and emotional undertaking while still a PGY1, because as a student during Appies, like I will never forget how much stress and how much work that was. So the idea of going through that again during PGY1 was one of the biggest challenges for me, actually deciding, okay, this is exactly what I want to do. I just need to do it. So just that commitment was huge. And of course, managing daily life as a PGY1 going through that process is also a huge challenge. A lot of it was just finding that time commitment to put towards high quality applications, preparing for PPS, preparing for interviews, um, you know, making your CV as perfect as it could possibly be. Just going through that same process that I went through as a student was a lot. And so time management was huge. One of the huge challenges in applying for a PGY2 for me. Valerie, I think I totally agree with what you just said in terms of time management. And especially for me, because I wanted to uh, early commit to the PGY2 program here at Mayo Clinic, I think the, the pressure of early commitment is pretty high for someone like me who was not 100% sure on you know, what I wanted to do. So my main goal was to go through all these rotations in the first half of the year before the early commit process and kind of make sure that I was in a place where I was ready to make that decision. And 
In terms of time, that first half of the year, it's a very busy time of the year. It's a time where you're trying to be a pharmacist and trying to learn all these new things. And you're just getting introduced to some of these areas and uh, making that commitment to spend possibly your entire lifetime in that specialty area is, so it can be intimidating. So I definitely feel that was one thing I struggled with a little bit in terms of time management, making sure I had all the experiences lined up, making sure my RPD's leadership were on board with this and also preparing for the early commit interviews during while all of this was happening. Thank you very much for answering. Well, thank you both very much for answering. But Divya, I'm going to start with you because you mentioned that you had gone through the early commitment process. Now, and that's something I I as well went through the early commitment process, and it's really very different than the process that you really experience when you go through the match once again. So I kind of wanted to take a second and just focus specifically on that process and deciding to early commit. Now, you kind of mentioned your thought process on the challenges with it and how you decided really to kind of reflect and make the decision to early commit. But looking back now, what did that process really look like? Specifically, looking at staying at your own institution, the kind of pressures that come with that, and just the timeline of early committing, and then kind of looking back, just what are what are your overall thoughts about how that process went? Absolutely, Dan would love to uh, share that. So the early commit process at my institution kind of begins in the second half of October, where we have to turn in all our applications. And, and that kind of is similar to what a normal process would look like. So we do have to turn in our CVs, a letter of intent, at least one recommendation from a letter of recommendation from a clinical preceptor or you know someone you have uh, done a rotation with in the early half of the year. In terms of the interview process, I think it's definitely a lot less stress than how a normal process would look like. And the main reason being the people at the institution already know you well. A lot of you, a lot of them have uh, served as preceptors or research mentors, and they have had an opportunity to kind of judge you. So your entire first half of the year is possibly like an extended interview in that case where they have seen you. Uh, manage patients, uh, difficult situations. So the interview process itself or the actual interview itself was not as stressful as I remember my PG-11 interviews being, you know, like the questions were straightforward. They were more focused on what my goals and aspirations were and how Mayo Clinic would be able to help me with those goals. During the process, I met with a few preceptors that initially I hadn't interacted with, but also a lot of pharmacists in the outpatient setting, uh, had an opportunity to ask them a lot of questions about their roles and what they do. Um, and I think we did have your standard situational type questions, uh, which was provided to me in advance, actually. So I had a chance to like prepare for them. So that was really nice. So in general, I would say the, the stress of the whole process was, uh, was less compared to what it would have been. And it's definitely a boon to have to be in an institution where there are opportunities for early commitment. And I would definitely recommend it for someone who is interested in the area and have and does have a PGY2 in their institution to think about early commitment for sure. Thank you so much. And I mean, it's great to hear 
that perspective, especially from my point of view, I also went through the early commitment process, but there's so many differences even between the early commitment process everywhere you look. For example, I was at a at a really small institution, much smaller than the Mayo Clinic. So I was actually the one of two co-residents. So when I early committed, I was the one who wanted to stay on for the BGY2. There was one position and it was more of a decision of, do they want me to stay on or not? Not as much having to really interview me versus uh, other co-residents and, and things like that. So it is just all something really interesting to think about. And I really appreciate that perspective as well. Absolutely. And I think you bring up a great point. And that's one thing I would uh, like to add on to. So Mayo Clinic has three PGY2 oncology uh, oncology positions. And I was the only one in my class of six people who was interested in uh, staying over. But I've heard of places where there is multiple residents interested in maybe one or two positions. And that's where it can be uh, a little more stressful, uh, especially having to compete with their co-residents in a situation where, you know, you share the same office, you've spent a lot of time with them. So that experience would be different from what I had for sure. It's just something I uh, wanted to add, but uh, thanks for your input as well, Dan. Awesome. So now that we've talked about that, um, that early commitment process, now what about the regular match? So Valerie, what are your thoughts on the match process as a PGY1 looking for a PGY2? What did that process look like for you? What were the successes and the challenges? Yeah, so my experience was a little bit different from Divya's in that my program did not offer a PGY2 and ID. So I kind of had to start seriously thinking about that process early on and what it would look like to apply externally. But I feel like I was really lucky in the sense that my program did a great job of kind of prompting me and started asking me those questions about what my goals were and how they could help set me up for success very early on. So although, you know, I wasn't able to early commit, I was lucky in that my program definitely helped me kind of decide and make sure that I was set up for success in that area. So definitely one of the huge things. But also, this, like I mentioned, deciding very early on that that's what you know that you want and just sticking with that and make sure you're doing every single thing that you possibly can to set yourself up for success, whether that's making, you know, tables like I did for applying for PGY1, just starting that process and looking very early on was one of the main successes that I would say I had in, I guess, just preparing for interviews and preparing for, you know, sending in successful applications. And in terms of challenges, I feel like, again, it just comes back to time management because in residency, as you all know, there's so many different things going on, so many deadlines coming up, preparing for projects, patient care, all of these sorts of different things that really should be first priority as opposed to, you know, applying for PGY2. So definitely a huge challenge. But again, I feel like I was very lucky in that my program was extremely supportive So having that support system backing me and everybody just double checking on me, making sure that I had what I needed to be successful throughout that process was huge. And in terms of like preceptors and mentors at your program, I can guarantee that there's someone there that you can learn from. You can learn from those experiences and have those conversations very early on so that you can make up your mind and go through the PGY2 application process as a PGY1 and be successful with it. Thank you so much for sharing. I think 
it's really interesting and unique because when we talk about PGY-1 residencies, we are often talking about, okay, well, what do you look for in a residency? And you're trying as much as you can to prepare and know what you value and what is really important to you and what characteristics you're looking for. But you're really doing that and trusting in other people and their experiences because you you haven't had that experience of being a PGY-1. So I think it's really interesting now when we're talking about looking at PGY-2s because you have that baseline experience. You, you have that understanding of not just going through the match process, but of being a resident day in and day out and knowing what matters to you and really improves or worsens your quality of life. So whether or not, uh, like Valerie, I know you were, you're looking elsewhere at PGY2s and comparing programs. And, and Divya, I know you decided to early commit, but there's still obviously a process of when you're making that decision to early commit of, okay, well, do I like it here? Do I want to look elsewhere as well for programs? So for the two of you, now having that additional experience under your belt, what really were the biggest contributing factors and things you were looking for in a program that helped you kind of decide where you wanted to be for that second year, knowing what you already knew? I can uh, take this question, Dan. So for me, just because I was staying over at the Mayo Clinic, I think I had a pretty good idea of what the culture there looks like. And I think that's maybe the most important thing for me going into PGY2 is uh, having a support system, having preceptors that kind of cater the rotations per your career goals and try to, you know, push you a little bit, but also are there to support you at all times. So for me, when I had the opportunity to early commit, I didn't want to let it go because I think culturally uh, it was a great, great fit for me. Now, maybe going through PGY1, there are some things that I've realized. Number one is uh, networking is key. So If I decide to find a job out of Mayo Clinic next year, it's going to be really important for me to uh, know people outside of the network. And I think that's one other thing that Mayo Clinic provides. So as a PGY2 oncology resident, we are involved in quite a number of activities like journal clubs as part of HOPA. There's a lot of uh, presentation opportunities at state and national level conferences where you get to meet new people, you know, interact with them and kind of grow your net network based on that. So that was one other thing I was thinking about. One other thing maybe was the current class or your co-residents that are going to be with you uh, f- as a PGY2. And here at Mayo Clinic, we have three oncology residents. And I think personally, I do really well when I have co-residents and people to bounce of ideas on and sharing an office space and having that constant interaction within your field. So I really enjoy that experience and having two other co-residents was one other thing I was looking at for sure. Yeah, I guess I can go ahead and answer that same question. Some of the factors that were the same, I would say, when applying for PGY1 and PGY2 Definitely would be like salary, location, would I actually move across the United States, different things like that. Of course, always looking at electives offered, would I have co-residents or not. But for me specifically in specializing in ID, some specific factors that I didn't take into consideration applying for PGY-1 that I did take into consideration applying for a PGY-2 were the training of the specialized preceptors and kind of what their different backgrounds look like, 
I feel like that's important because you want to make sure that you are getting the best training possible. And so really kind of doing your background research in terms of who will be teaching you was something that I considered a lot more the second time around. Also being at an academic medical center and learning from, you know, other residents and people in my specific area was huge for me as applying for a PGY2. Also different things like what is their antimicrobial stewardship team like? How do you create protocols? A lot of different clinical things that I didn't understand were important as a PGY1 that I now learned would be important for me going into a PGY2. Just different things like that. But the huge, probably most important factor when deciding to spend either first or second year for me was definitely looking at personality fit. So I feel like, you know, going through the interview process and really, you know, being yourself is so important so that you could actually determine if you see yourself learning and being with this team for an entire year. So definitely, definitely best fit for personality wise was the number one factor for me. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for answering that question. I'm sure a lot of our PGY1s are are going to need that advice as to what they're wanting to look into, right? So, I mean, Dan had set it up perfectly where it's PGY1, you don't have that experience yet. And now, or like applying to PGY1, you don't have that experience yet. And so you're really going off of hopes and dreams, right? PGY1 experience. And then once you're in that PGY1, you're like, okay, this is what it's like. And so this is what I should be looking forward to. And this is what I should be expecting out of my program. And so I definitely appreciate the insight from both of you. And so we've talked a little bit about how your interview processes have differed between early commitment and then going through the match process, right? And so I kind of want to hear a little bit more about what that interview process looked like. How does it compare? How do they compare to each other? And then also, what kind of questions did you have to interview the program now that you knew a little bit more about what programs should entail or what you want your program to entail? What questions did you all have for your PGY2 programs? I guess I can take this one first. Like I mentioned, the the interview process was different compared to PGY1 to PGY2 just because you know what specialty you're going into. You know you have to ask those specific questions that are geared towards will I actually fit in here? Do they have what I want? And so for me specifically, I feel like the interview process was different in that PGY2, the questions that they gave me were more aimed towards getting to know me as an individual, as opposed to firing off clinical questions about which antibiotics cover gram-negative bacteria, you know? And so there were definitely those like clinical questions and cases but it felt a lot less daunting than PGY1 interviews, obviously, because you have more experience at that point. But it seemed like it was more of like, okay, as a PGY2, great, this person can think clinically and go through a clinical question with me. But like I mentioned, those questions for infectious diseases interviews specifically were aimed more towards goodness of fit. And so I definitely felt that um, during my interviews. I did have a presentation that I had to do for all of all five of my interviews, a 30 minute presentation in the area of ID. So that was something that um, I definitely was able to expect going into that. And then I kind of touched on this a little bit, but questions that I had for the program were aimed more towards what are they like in terms of infectious diseases and antimicrobial stewardship. And one trend that was specific for me that I noticed was that 
for certain programs, they would have their medical physician team in the interview process, interviewing me and kind of getting to know me. And those specific programs that had that, I kind of knew that the, you know, pharmacist physician relationships would be strong at that location. And so that was a huge green flag for me that I didn't necessarily even think about as a PGY1. Yeah, I think some of my experiences were the same as Valerie's in terms of the interview process. In terms that, yeah, there were no like clinical questions or anything as part of the interview. I also did not have a patient case or presentation just because uh, the interviewing committee was on the panel for my first pharmacy grand rounds presentation. So they had the opportunity to, they had seen me in the past, like present and help me through the process even. So they didn't have uh, any specific questions regarding that. So a lot of my interview was focused around meeting new pharmacists at the Mayo Clinic. And as I mentioned before, there's a lot of different pharmacy roles at the Mayo Clinic, including like inpatient, outpatient clinics, as well as research. There is a investigational drug service rotation. So meeting with all of those pharmacists and even the leadership, I think was the main part of the interview. So my questions to the program were more so surrounding their day-to-day activities as a pharmacist or as a specialist on that clinic. One other thing that I made sure I asked them was regarding their flexibility on how flexible they were in trying to cater the rotational experience to uh, individual residents. And I felt like that was really important because one thing that I got to know as a result of this is they told me that if, say, towards the end of my PGY2, I know that I have a position in some other institution. So say if I end up getting a specialist position in a lung cancer clinic, they can tailor the rest of my residency to meet that goal. So they can give me rotations that are uh, more you know, solid tumor focused and have me in a lung cancer clinic and so on. So I think inquiring about the fact, you know, about that sort of flexibility, I think was important in uh, terms of that process. And yeah, so I think the interview is less intensive, but I had a lot of opportunity to ask all of these really important questions. Just to add on to that, because I definitely agree with you, Divya, I feel like coming prepared with specific questions, like you mentioned, was really important, aimed towards specific infectious diseases pharmacists. And like you mentioned, asking questions about will they tailor this specific specific experience to what you want um, definitely were also things that I asked as well. So kind of our, our last question for today is just with kind of thinking back, you guys have shared so much and I'm so appreciative of you both being willing to kind of self-reflect and then do so and, and share that self-reflection about this process. I think it's it's really helpful to to see beyond the curtain a little bit. So I really hope and I really think people will get a lot out of hearing your stories. So uh, I'm really appreciative of that. But when you look back on the entire process, not just looking specifically at the interview or the match or early commit or any specific area, you just look at the whole thing overall and your experience looking, deciding, applying, interviewing for a PGY2. What are the types of things or what is maybe the main thing that you kind of wish that you know now that you wish you could go back and tell yourself at the beginning of the process? Those things that you just you didn't you just had to learn through experience 
and that you, you wish you were able to know uh, because it might have changed the experience for you or just made it easier? I can take this one, Dan. So I think this is a great question. And I feel like the, the one thing I was really fixated on as uh, you know I was getting ready to even apply for PGY1s and go through the interview process and make the final match list. Because I'm from you know Chicago and there's a lot of great programs there. I was, you know, definitely considering, you know, staying back in Chicago versus moving somewhere else. And that's I think one thing that a lot of people, you know, struggle with, especially if they're families, if they were they have significant others in a certain city. And it just feels a little daunting to leave all of that and you know move to a different city for a PGY1 or a PGY2. So um I feel like I was definitely really fixated upon that. And I felt like it took away, you know, some of some of the the process of, you know, enjoying the fact that I was, you know, getting an opportunity to talk to all of these programs as a PGY1 candidate. And I think I would have enjoyed the process a little more if I knew that everything, you know, works out in the end. And it absolutely did. So I did uh, end up moving to Rochester and my husband was able to move with me, uh, at least part-time. We are we're still primarily based in Chicago, but he spends some of his time with me here in Rochester and works from home. So I think having having that faith that everything works out is really important like throughout the process and taking some time to enjoy it, I think, is what I would recommend. I definitely would put this out for all those candidates who are considering out-of-state positions and uh, the fact that I did end up like early committing, but you always have options to go back as a PGY too. And there is no hot set process saying that you have to, you know, stay. So if you want to make a commitment for just one year, I think that's absolutely fine too. Or if you decide to stay, I think t- things things do work out and uh, it did for me. So I highly uh, encourage everyone to think about that. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to have to agree with you, Divya. Like you can really do anything for a year. It's just a year, right? we have an ending date. And so I feel like that kind of makes the whole process easier, especially for me, because same as you, I moved from Las Vegas to Texas to do my PGY1. And so for PGY2, um, I knew, okay, I can move anywhere for a year and be okay. I know I just did it for a year. And so in terms of just going through that process, again, things that I would change, I would honestly prepare everything a little bit earlier on than I initially did just to have that less stressful experience and actually enjoy the process, like what you're saying, Divya. So setting those meetings and calendar invites with preceptors earlier on, making sure my CV and letter of intents were ready to go much earlier on and having them, you know, edited multiple times by people that I trust earlier on, making sure you have those letters of recommendation, you know who you're going to pick for those earlier on. And one thing specifically for me that will be a little bit different from Divya's experience was those ID specific presentations that I had to do. So knowing that you're going to have to do that in when interviews come around in January, February, make sure you have that presentation in mind very early on in your PGY1 so that it's ready to go. You've practiced it plenty of times so that when it comes to interviews, you're completely solid on that. So just, again, preparing everything earlier on so that you're not stressed out during your PGY-1 and you're not stressed out for the interview process would make it just a lot more of an enjoyable process. One thing that I didn't change, that I'm glad that I didn't change, was the way that I ranked my programs. So for PGY-1 
and PGY2, I, I ranked based on where I truly felt that my personality would fit in the best. And I feel like that was definitely an important thing that I didn't change that worked out in my favor because I love my program now. And I'm really, really looking forward to doing my ID at UTMB in Galveston. And I feel like it worked out because I kind of, you know, trusted myself and ranked the way I truly saw myself being at those programs. Yeah, Valerie, I totally agree with you on starting to think about all of it, you know, earlier in time and getting your documentation ready or presentations ready. For uh, people who are interested in uh, early commitment, I think one one thing that I wanted everyone to take out of today's presentation, especially like from my part of the early commit process, is that the best way to get what you want is to discuss it with your program. And I'm sure there's a lot of programs out there who will, you know, appreciate that those uh, changing interests and helping you narrow down your interest in the whole process. So at any time, whenever you think you're interested in something and want to get more experience in that area or just want to talk to pharmacists who are practicing in that area, I think it's a really good idea to start talking to those people in advance. And yes, early commit can be a lot of uh, pressure, especially when you're trying to squeeze everything in into that three months. But Getting that the, that expert opinion of people who have been practicing in that area is really helpful. That's awesome, guys. I think you guys have done such an awesome job, and we are so thankful to have you have joined us today and sharing your insight, sharing your perspective, and sharing your advice. I'm sure the listeners of the podcast are so are going to be thankful as well. And so, with that, we'll be ending our podcast for today, and that's all the time that we have. I want to continue to have our podcast listeners join us here at ASHP Official and the Practice Journey Podcast as we learn about how our members seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.